Films. 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 Did you write that, man? Uh, I did. I did. Did you write that? I wrote that with my two friends, Salt and Pepper. <laughs> well, actually, I only wrote it with Pepper. Oh. Salt wasn't available and N was doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2018! Welcome to 2018! Woo! I really hope we attract the attention of the people over there by screaming. There's people out the window. You don't know that, though. It's not a visual podcast. Uh, happy New Year, Danny. Happy New Year. Although it's technically not New Year. We're lying. Uh, th- those people are looking around because they're like, it's not 2018. What Did we miss about? it? <laughs> <laughs> Did the bells happen? We, 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 we walk what? I thought it was 3.56 on like, what is t- what's the date today? 21st. The 21st. It's the 21st. So it's not even Christmas yet. <laughs> but it's New Year. When you're listening to this. Yeah. It's New Year when you're listening to this. And that's what's important. Yeah. So good times. Good times. Let's talk about films. 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 Good job. Trying to get Taking the energy high. Um, we're not doing just one film this year. Well, this month, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing many films. Do many films. We're going to do this a, episode. Films of 2017. Because people like lists. You know, when you get to the end of the year, everybody makes their lists. Yeah. What was the good movies that you saw? What was the bad movies that you saw? What was the good games that you played? What was the bad games that you played? What kind of illnesses did you get that you enjoyed or didn't enjoy? <laughs> Make the lists. Let the people know. What illnesses did you enjoy? Uh, getting dehydration is pretty cool, if I'm honest. Because you get to sit around and eat ice cream all day. <laughs> and watch Spy Kids. <laughs> or at least that was my that was my experience when I was a child. Okay. Of like having dehydration. Yeah, it's pretty great. You're sick for a while when you don't know what it is. It's awful. And then when the doctor tells you, hey, it's dehydration, you need to drink lots of fluids and eat lots of ice cream. And just basically any kind of liquid. What does ice cream do? That's intriguing. I guess it just, I don't know, moistens your throat. <laughs> I guess. Cool. Uh, but it was pretty great. And I sat and I watched all the Spy Kids movies uh, in one day in bed. And ate lots of ice cream and stuff. And then I started to feel better. Aww. So that's good. That's a good illness. I watched Back to the Future when I was ill when I was a kid. Yeah? Yeah. What, every time? Or just one time? Well, most of the times. I'd put on Back to the Future. I don't know why, I just gravitated towards Back to the Future. Yeah. See, now when I'm... See, when you're a kid and you're ill, you get to, like, hang out and watch movies. See, now that I'm an adult and I'm ill... You still gotta work. Still gotta go work. <laughs> still gotta go work. So I do all the things that a responsible adult is supposed to do. But you just gotta feel real shit while you do I, it. I woke up ill this morning. I was fine when I went to bed last night. Mm. And then this morning I woke up and I had half my hearing, a sore throat, and a headache. Shit you not if you give me your cold. I will come for you. Can you transmit a cold through the po- I will podcast? Find out. <laughs> find out where it is exactly in Aberdeen that you live when you're home for Christmas, and I will fucking skin you down. Because <laughs> right skin. now right now my flatmate is sick. So I've been keeping him very much at arm's length this week hmm. because I don't want to get sick because I have to go back to Aberdeen for Christmas and I don't want to be sick over Christmas. Aye. So don't make me sick. With that in mind, with that said, let's talk about films. And there's a lot of love in this room. What? Um, where do you want to fucking start? There's I thought, go category for category. We'll, we'll go categories and we'll say all the films we liked in that one. We won't spend too much time on each one and we'll go through and we'll, we'll have a... Jolly good journey through 2017. Dropped your book there, buddy. I did drop my book. 
That's okay. That's okay. We're all only human. Yeah. To err is to human. I have to err. To err. It's my first mistake I've made of 2018. I think I messed up. To err is to human. <laughs> How ironic. It's the name of my biography. Yeah, I messed up. That's yeah. <laughs> um. So okay. Right. So, okay. Let's start off blockbusters. Let's get this one out of the way. Superheroes. <sighs> superhero films out of the way. Favorite superhero film, which is obvious, it's Logan. Logan. Logan's the best. Hundred percent. Logan is not only my favorite superhero film this year; it's my favorite film this year. Yeah, like it's so good. Yeah, and I remember, I remember when the trailer came out and um, it played "Hurt" by Johnny Cash, and everyone was like, "Yeah, only it, the trailer's only that good. The film only looks that good because the song is so fucking good." Absolutely. But not. when you watch it, you're just it's like, "That good? Fucking yeah! Like it's so good." I uh, I would say that because Logan is so good, it's made every other superhero movie this year super bland yeah and real dull uh but let's talk about are we just going to start off with the fe- well what my what i consider to be the best movie this year let's just well, roll oh, into it right off the yeah. get-go logan why do we love logan so much because i think it you have to admit it has that sort of it's a deconstruction of a franchise that's like it goes way back into our childhood like mm. x-men franchise mm. that was early 2000s maybe even late 90s like the x-men film started with hugh jackman as wolverine and now it's like the the last one for that and they uh, gave him a a worthy send-off of yeah. like a i remember when like harry potter ended and so many people i knew were like this is the end of my childhood my childhood has ended because harry potter's ended nah harry potter's got nothing on wolverine he is but hugh jackman has been wolverine since i was five years old that is crazy yeah that's mental and 23 finally he has bloody hung up the cape or whatever wolverine wears <laughs> that hung up the mutton job <laughs> to go and do up, other he's things. hung up the white tank top yeah but it's um it's kind of incredible and i think the reason it's incredible is because logan is dealing with some pretty human problems Aye. for a world where they're usually dealing with purple men coming down from the sky and blowing things up. Um, like this one, if you effectively think of uh, Professor X as his dad. He's effectively just dealing with a father who has... Dementia. Dementia, yeah. yeah which is hard-hitting as fuck. Pretty For hard, a superhero film. You know, someone that thousands of people deal with every day. And um, I think something, even just something as simple as that, immediately the film becomes like so much easier to connect to because you actually see them as people and vulnerable people because i mean they literally make him vulnerable in the sense that he can no longer heal hmm. so there's stakes there now it's not just i mean you know as much as i love x-men too dude gets shot in the head and just, just pops it out just pops out of his head so it's like you've now made him like he's no longer just threatening he's threatened hmm. and just humanizes him so much more and i just i love it for that i love it so much it's such a fucking beautiful movie it's a lovely uh, it's just it just is good like the themes and stuff it, it's kind of hard to maybe even say it's the best superhero film and the fact that it doesn't feel like a superhero film like it's uh, yeah hard hitting like if you were saying that this if you said that this guy's name wasn't wolverine you would have no idea it was mm-hmm. a superhero mm-hmm. film well, it's, I mean, they, it's an obvious thing to say. I think even the director says that, like, they draw more on westerns. Hmm. I mean, they even go so far as to show you Shane in yeah. the movie um, uh, and have the monologue at the end of Shane, at the end of Logan. Um, so, yeah, I think 
that's probably one of the biggest reasons is it not it's not necessarily drawn on superhero movies because if it was drawn on superhero movies they'd have another purple guy getting angry and shooting people in the sky hi um also it's it's ta- i mean it's yeah it's taken them what so what what would that be that he's been playing logan on screen for what's that how long has he been playing Wolverine on screen for? Well, it's 1999, wasn't it, that he first was Wolverine? Yeah. So that would, and it was this year, so obviously. Um, so that's, what, 18 years? It's taken them 18 years to finally put the ultimate like Wolverine fight scene on screen. Yeah, with that R-rating. final fight in the woods is, I feel like, everything that people who are fans of Wolverine have dreamed of seeing, mm-hmm. and it finally happens. Just violent and bloody and just the carnage and every time someone gets hit you fucking feel that shit it's especially desperate. Wolverine like. I think the best word for that fight is desperate <clears throat> yeah. you feel like desperation and not like a superhero like proper superhero fight where there's like quite clean fighting this is a desperate for people to stay alive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what did you think of X-23 I like X-23 yeah I think it was really she was just really cool it was um, like obviously since the, even the trailer came out there was everyone had this Last of Us vibe of it but mm-hmm. um X-23 is just a cool character in our own right regardless mm. of any of that sort of influences of Shane Unforgiven The Last of Us and all that X-23 was just a cool character mm. um, I think I, see when I first saw it the part that I didn't and I still don't know if I fully get on board with it is the the fact that the is it is what is the what is the other Wolverine called? Is that X twenty four? I think it's X twenty four. I'm pretty sure it's X. Which is just another Wolverine. It's a clone of him, a younger clone. And it's obviously you know it's the aggressive side of him. And at first I did think a little bit on the nose, guys. Just a just a, a little bit, you know. He has to confront himself because at the end of the day. Isn't that what this movie's about? It's about him confronting himself. But um, recently I had a conversation with um, a friend of mine who we were talking about Old Man Logan and as it compares to this. And I was like, I'm so glad they do this instead uh, of Old Man Logan. Because the Old Man Logan, it's just, you know, it's a bunch of cameos from superheroes and there's a lot going on. It's mostly exposition. I'm not a big Old Man Logan fan. Uh, and I was like, I'm so glad that we got this instead of that. And he was saying that the reason he would prefer Old Man Logan is because Old Man Logan has more about Wolverine confronting his aggression. Hmm. But I was like, Logan quite literally has... He has to confront an aggressive version of himself. Like It's not subtle, guys. It's not subtle. It's very on the nose. But like that's what you're saying that Logan lacks Aye. when it's right there in black and white. Haven't watched this movie in black and white yet. I hear that version's real good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just... I love everything about this. Patrick Stewart's fucking incredible in it. I think the the what might even be worth the Wolverine clone is spoiler if you haven't seen Logan. I will we'll do spoilers by case by case. I guess. Yeah, I guess. So. But um, it's worth it to see, like in the worst way, Professor Xavier's brutal death. Yeah. Where he gets killed by the clone of Wolverine. But Professor Xavier doesn't know there's a clone of Wolverine. Yeah. He's confessing all the bad things he's done and stuff. And He also and he finally has this break he has I, this breakthrough and, he and gets then slaughtered yeah. by what he must assume is Wolverine. It's mental. Such a brutal way for a character to go. Yeah. It's um it kind of is just the perfect end to uh, that character, I think. Like they finally it's taken them eighteen years, but like they got him like they got it right yeah i think in a big way 
They did bloody nail it, mate. They put a bloody big pair of claws right through that goddamn wolfy boy. <laughs> um, what was your worst superhero film of the year, then? <clears throat> now, I feel like there's two that you have to choose between. <sighs> well, look. Bear in mind, I am including Power Rangers in this list of superhero films. Ah, okay. Because here, well, here's my thing: is like, so should we talk about like Justice League? Yes. See, we were trying to, we were thinking back to last year. The two worst movies of last year were both were Batman vs Superman and were Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. I would say Justice League is bad, but it doesn't break. Like my, it doesn't even break kind of the list of my least favorite movies because it's not offensively no. bad like those other ones were. I feel like it helps that none, nobody was ever expecting this film to be all that good. Yeah, uh, but also like it's at least a competently made film, which is a lot. Saying a lot, films. given when I get once again when you hear the amount of stuff that was going on behind the scenes, um, it is quite incredible that something so cohesive came out Hi. of it. Yeah, and like. I feel like because the other film we'll talk about has maybe been one of the not the least. Lee, I don't want to say worse because I didn't mind it that much, but mm. like the least better ones, the not as good one is Spider Man Homecoming. Mm. I feel like the difference between Spider Man Homecoming and Justice League is I can understand why you'd have a problem making a Justice League film. You have these gods, you've got to make them a threat, you've got to try and uh, like balance their personalities. It's not easy. Avengers yeah. is a like I feel like people forget that now that we've had all these films since Avengers is a miracle film. How the yeah. fuck did Avengers work? Nobody yeah. thought it work at the time. But Justice League is just got the same problems. But Spider Man shouldn't be that hard to make an interesting film mm. about. He's he's got like what ridiculous amount of years of drama in his comics, and he's got all these things to pull from. And then you've even got a template with the Sam Raimi films of this is how to make Spider-Man yeah. dramatic and you've got the maybe even the template of the Andrew Garfields of here's how you can portray some of the lighter mm-hmm. side in like Amazing Spider-Man 2 it shouldn't be hard to make a Spider-Man film that's interesting this one Spider-Man Homecoming was very very passive and that's why I kind that's of that's why I didn't like it yeah that's why I put Spider-Man under Justice League yeah. in terms of um, like superhero films because Spider-Man Homecoming isn't even trying Justice League is at least trying and it's struggling but it's at least yeah. trying that was my problem with Spider-Man was that they make such an effort to remove all these classic Spider-Man elements that I kind of got to a point where I was like, are we even watching a, like Spider-Man at this point? Mm. Or that this is just this might as well just be Ant-Man or or just another Iron Man. Whoever one of the yeah, whoever one of the other kind of pointless side characters in these Avengers he has a, movies a are. Tech AI suit. He might as well be mini Iron Man. Yeah, and I get like look, I'm not a big I didn't really. I don't really read Spider-Man comics all that much. I watched the TV show when I was a kid, and that was fun. So, like, you know, I'm sure maybe to people who read the comic books, this is it's like closer in tone to certain story arcs and things like that. But I just think as a film, it's like for for the for the superhero who's meant to be like the biggest superhero on the planet, basically. Like, I right, not in terms of the movies, like, in terms of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the real world, yeah, like... He outsells, like, Superman and Batman twice or something yeah. like that. The fact that Homecoming is, like, this is all we got? Aye. Is this where it's just another Ant-Man and it's Homecoming. or another it was whatever? Their, it was their big coming back to the Marvel. Yeah. Like, it's being integrated with some of the biggest... Mar- like, he's in the same universe as the Avengers now. This is the big Homecoming, mm. and it was passive. It just, like, because... Spider-Man's whole thing with, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And he's, the, the the death of his uncle is what kind of drives him to do the right thing. 
You want to know what fucking drives him in this movie in Spider-Man Homecoming? He wants to be in the Avengers. Yeah. That's his big thing. And like, oh, we're supposed you get to, spoilers for Spider-Man. You get to the end and he fucking, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to be in the Avengers right now. It's like, oh, shut up. Shut up. Like, we're supposed to sit here like you've learned a lesson. It's like, oh, fuck off. What's the next film Spider-Man's appearing in? Oh, the Avengers. The Avengers. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's just... I don't know. I just found it so immensely he's, he's underwhelming. I like more power to people who like it. Like, I mean, yeah, you know what I mean. But he's more selfish and obnoxious in this one. And but he doesn't pay that. Like Spider-Man's well known in the comics and all these things to be selfish and obnoxious. But usually he learns the lesson through a guilt. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's the biggest problem I had with Homecoming. It there was no heft to this. There felt yeah. no stakes. Spider-Man films are very good. Um, that Spider-Man stories are very good for having guilt and heft and there's all these things that he feels guilty about and he has um, so much burden on him that he almost puts upon himself mm. um, in a noble way but this film doesn't really show any of that it shows him fighting crime but you don't really get a reason why he fights crime and I know you already know the story of Uncle Ben you don't have to do the story of Uncle Ben if you're so determined to get away with it but at least give something give some sort of heft get some sort of meaning to why yeah like he does this stuff and not just because he's the character who's most interesting when yeah. it comes to meaning of why he does it yeah and i think it was also the film out of all these marvel movies that like really s- just showcased how little style there is to a lot of these yeah. superhero movies now because you watch the raimi ones and it's they are sam raimi films like even the third one say what you will it's like it's a Sam Raimi movie, and it's got his weird slapstick comedy in it, and he gives extras dumb lines and <laughs> great dumb lines, and great dumb lines. You know, it's got like a sense of actual direction, like mm. there is a vision behind it. Spider-Man: Homecoming. I'm like, who who made this? What? Like, there's no style to it. It just looks the same as all the other Marvel movies. The end fight still still just takes place on just like an empty bit of ground and they have a little punch up and you know it's like this is just dull it just feels like there's no stakes to any of this and uh, i don't i don't particularly like this version of spider-man i think he's kind of a dick <laughs> and i like michael keaton in the film though michael keaton's just good all the time he's like, just great all the time he's bloody great i just watched the founder the other day all right he's plays the guy I love who, the founder what's that i love the founder did you see it as well I saw the founder. yeah yeah it was really good was really, i liked really it good. it's like it's 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 funny and I don't I don't mean it in like a bad way, but it is like it's like the social network. It just doesn't have the kind of same style as the yeah. social network. It's um oh, that, the, the beginning of the, the my favourite bit of the beginning of the founder is where the, the McDonald's brothers, one of which is Nick, Nick Offerman, Offerman yeah. which I was like And then the brilliant. other one is um oh what's the name of that actor? Keep keep talking. It's the bit where they say how they came up with the the structure for mcdonald's the the layout of the kitchen and it's like edited so fast and like punchy and it's like yeah it's that's, a, a, that's great a great sequence yeah. that's a great sequence of them just describing the restaurant i was fascinated by that but it's a good movie the founder john carroll lynch plays the other mcdonald brother who's that uh i'm a huge fan of john carroll lynch like everything he's in i'm all about it he is the person they suspect is the zodiac in the zodiac oh really yeah and he is also he's in the, a film called The Invitation, um, where he play like he just plays this kind of mysterious character who shows up at a dinner party. And anytime he's in something, I'm like, 
I'll happily say He's a very says, endearing character in the McDonald's. <coughs> I like that the Nick Offerman obviously is going to be the, the cynical yeah. one. And he's like the really optimistic. Oh, maybe Michael Keane's an all right guy. Maybe don't even worry yeah. about it, man. I love the founder. The founder was fascinating. Yeah, because I remember being gutted that I missed it because I was like, I don't think I've ever seen John Carroll Lynch in like a leading role before. Yeah. But here he is like front and center of the trailer. And then he isn't, he isn't in the movie as much as I thought he was going to be. No. Neither is Nick Offerman, really. They kind of get sidelined because the film is about Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton just kind of stealing this thing from them from under their nose. Uh, but I really enjoyed that movie. It's we just <laughs> segued off our sci-fi tangent. Um, but yeah, so Justice League. Fuck, it's a mess. Yeah. But... It doesn't... It isn't as bad as you'd think it'd be. I do... I, I don't know. I guess they're taking steps in the right direction. But then I, get, but then I don't think it is because then they're like trying to just make them more like Marvel movies. And like, as I've said a hundred times, I don't need them to be like Marvel movies. I just need them to be good movies. <laughs> Aye. Uh, but what about, like, what about Thor? Thor and, I feel like they're worth talking together, Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, because do you say where the Marvel films have a generic um, style to them? These are the two that are trying yeah, yeah, desperately yeah, yeah, yeah. to break free. Um, we won't talk too much about Guardians, because we have a whole Dubai. episode on it. Go back and listen to that, listen it's to fine. It. It's good. Uh, Thor 3 is the same vibe. They almost, it, feel, it actually kind of feels obvious when you think about it. James Gunn makes this big sci-fi um, soap opera with Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, it becomes so super popular because of his weird style. Mm. And then they were like, who should we get to do Thor 3? And it's like, Takawatiti. Takawatiti makes sense as a, like another Definitely. James Gunn. Like he's got a very unique style. There's kind of comical elements. It's very bizarre, weird. Uh, for free, Phil does feel like a Takawatiti film, yeah. mostly to like an it, extent. It, it do. It, it feels like for free feels like as much a Takawatiti film as Guardians of the Galaxy One feels like a James Gunn film. Mm. It's almost like a, a filtered version, mm. a sanded down yeah, version. Definitely. It's like, let's get rid of the rough edges, and now you have a like a, a smooth. Um, too smooth Takawatiti yeah. film. But it's really, I really enjoyed Full Free. He's very clearly got full control <laughs> over the humour. Yes. Because characters like, uh, the character he voices, is it Chrome or something like that? Something like that. The, the character he voices is, like, that is Takawatiti's kind of style of writing to a T. Yes. Like, you could you could just put that character in Eagle versus Shark and he would, <laughs> you would just not question it ever. <laughs> but I think it's that thing of with everything else... Like, it still, again, it just kind of feels like we're going through the motions of the Marvel movies. Like, mm. here we go, he's got to do this thing, and then he's got to beat up this person. And Like, I think the film would have been a lot better if it had really focused on, like, the gladiatorial stuff. Like, if he had to, if Thor or something had to, like, work his way up through these gladiatorial uh. laws or something. And again, that's, I don't really like to complain about movies in that way. I don't like to be, like... You it's what's like to, not in the film that's You don't like to, problem. like, rewrite a film. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But I just... I just wish there'd been kind of more of that mm. element of stuff. But... And, you know, like... And then every time it cuts back to the villain, I'm like, stop cutting back to this. Nobody cares. Like, why uh, Why is there even... That, the, what I think I'm trying to get at is, like, why is there even that plot? Like, the Ragnarok. The plot could be this whole gladiatorial situation but it just again it feels like someone at marvel was like well we got a bloody guys we don't have a big bad though we need a big bad for them to fight in the third act and it's like well why? i don't know make make jeff goldblum the big bad but yeah. not in the way that we've seen like a villain in the marvel movies before where like he's not just some hulked out or whatever he's like he just has lots of henchmen to do his work for him and stuff like that and when they get to him they can just fucking 
kick the shit or I don't know or he's manipulative or something like that just but no it's like we also have to have Kate Blanchett off doing something else that's totally disconnected uh, and then at the end of the movie the Hulk and Thor go and they beat her up and the movie stops I like the ending I like that they have to summon Ragnarok to although I, I, I kind of forgot what exactly that was by the time <laughs> it got to the end of the movie I do like that he the there were, like it's almost a twist at the end which I thought was really cool is that he needs to let Ragnarok happen yeah which is really cool because you just obviously like it does take the generic superhero thing we have to save the world and go well this time we don't this mm-hmm. this for this specific reason we don't need to do this we just need to save the people um, which I thought was a nice twist on it yeah Yeah, Uh, I think that's all the superhero films we mentioned Power Rangers before Uh, I guess the only other one is Lego Batman it's fun Ah, it's really fun it's a good laugh good laugh it's it's like it's basically that has the sharp wit of Lego movie yeah and if you like Batman there's loads of Batman jokes in it it's it's super fun Uh, bring your bloody kids to it mate they'll have a ball Right, so let's go into sci-fi films. The biggest sci-fi film of this year is, of course... Star Trek! So... The Netflix original Discovery for 10 seasons. <laughs> 10 uh, seasons, 10 episodes. Star Wars The Last Jedi. Right, we saw it a week ago today. Danny, have you heard it's the most divisive film <laughs> ever made? Oh, so many of these fa- these films are becoming more and more divisive. Um, it's but it's the most divisive film ever made ever Danny made. fans are just some fans are over here and they love it some fans are over here and they hate it and everyone's just so divided <laughs> you know what it sounds like it sounds like most movies <laughs> but like, like like nobody like I've had so many people this week message me to be like what did you think of Star Wars? What's your thoughts on Star Wars? Nobody messaged me to be like, how was the Florida project? What did you think of the Florida project? Or like, what did you think of the snowman? Or what did you think of whatever else? But it's like, it's the most divisive movie ever, Danny, because it's about fucking space wizards and everyone just fucking gives so much of a shit about this fucking movie. And who cares? Did you see there was, a, um, they create, there was fans creating a petition to yeah. get The Last Jedi to get out, it of canon. out of canon? Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> we do a movie podcast and we're telling you you care too much Shut about movies. Shut up. Oh, right. With that all out of the way. Right. So we... <laughs> what were your thoughts on We saw it a week ago today. And at the time we came out, I think we were both... I feel like we were both like, yeah, that was good. There was a few things, but it was... I think... Good. I came out of it more cold to it than warm. Yeah? Yeah. Like, but the thing is, and I, I had to, I've had to convey this to a couple of people, is like, look, when I say I don't really like it, it's not like a passionate dislike or anything. I don't like it in the same way that I didn't like a lot of movies this year. <laughs> it's just not for me. Like, and I, like all my problems, it's not to do, like, have you fucking heard these people who are, you know, some of their, some of the complaints are like, well, if she was going into hyperdrive, she would have never been able to tear through those ships. It's like, how do you, like, how do you know? How do you know? Because hyperdrive's not a thing that exists, and spaceships aren't a thing that exists. Spaceships exist. Like, you, you know what I fucking mean. It's like, sh- stop making stupid complaints Aye. like that. Like, and, like the complaints I have are all literally just story based because I like structure. <laughs> yeah, I find I, I said that when it came out of Last Jedi, I feel like the problem with the Last Jedi is like it's just not as rewatchable as the Force Awakens. Yeah. Like I I enjoyed watching the Last Jedi because I didn't know where it was going, but I think I would struggle to rewatch that film. So spoilers. Um, I feel like the biggest strange thing about this film is it does like it goes in different directions than most any. I think and don't. Don't think anyone was expecting the film oh, to go yeah, in the directions time. it did. Um, we talking about how they killed Snoke. I was that guy was surprised because you yeah. think he's going to be the big bad yeah. of the trilogy, and he's 
dead. And it's kind of a, almost... He was almost, like, a pointless character. Like, not in the sense that, like, he didn't have any impact on the story, but, like, he's not the big bad that you thought. He was yeah. kind of underwhelms his importance in the whole trilogy. And it was... I'm, I'm kind of glad they did it. That's the thing. I think now, the way that JJ set it up, they set up Snoke as this big kind of mystery box thing. Like, who is he? Hmm. And then he gets killed off without us getting any answers. But when you think back to the original movies, you don't know who Sidious is. Yeah. You don't find that out until 20 years later when they made those the, the garbage fire movies <laughs> that, we, that we don't talk about. Um, it, my, I think my biggest issue comes from... It almost comes from killing Snoke, which is that on the build on the build up to the, the Snoke death, you've got Rey, who's kind of on the fence a bit about good and evil, and you've got Kylo who's a bit on the fence about good and evil. You know, Ray, like Luke says to Ray, oh, you know, you, you went straight for the dark side. Like, you didn't even... You didn't even I flinch. You just bit. went straight for it. And I was like, this is great. We've got two characters who are totally conflicted about where they stand in the universe. And then we get to the big confrontation with Snoke. And I'm like, okay, they're going to have a fight probably or whatever. And then fucking Kylo just takes Snoke out. And you're like, oh shit, this just got amazing. Like, where is this going to go from here? Hmm. And they have this big fight, and Kylo's like, hey, you know what? Like, well, they fight all the, 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 the security guards or whatever they are, the fucking <laughs> BA airport security guards. <laughs> <laughs> and they, um, it's like they have the fight, and then Kylo turns around and he's like, hey, actually, fuck this. Like, fuck all of this. Like, let's just go do our own thing. And I'm like, and he puts out his hand, and I'm like, yes. Take his hand, Ray. Take his hand. And she doesn't. She goes, no. And he flips out. And then the movie plays out. We've got Kylo's gone full bad. And we've got Ray's gone full good. And all that inner conflict is gone. The thing that was making the movies really interesting for me is just gone. Yeah. And that really bummed me out. And then I was fully ready. After that happened, I was like, okay, cool. This has been going on for quite a while. I'm ready for this movie to end. But then we get 40 minutes more is a long of movie. what effectively turns into the fucking Hobbit, where it's just big CGI planes with people just saying nonsense to one another. And I just, I, I hated it. I hated, I hated the last 40 minutes of this movie. So everything like after she didn't take his hand, I was like, I'm done. Done with yeah. this. Um, That's fair enough. It, it does def, this film definitely dips yeah like towards the end um also anything everything to do with finn's plotline finn and rose finn was my favorite character in the force awakens i hate everything they do with him in this film they just send him off on this little mission to a casino and it's all pointless none of it matters none of it pays off for anything i and i was just like every time it cut to that stuff i was like i want to I want to get away from this. But then it would cut back to the Luke stuff and I'm like, to be honest, this isn't really interesting me either. <laughs> I just want, like, I just want the relationship between Rey and Kylo built on. So every time it went to them communicating with each other, I was like, this, this is fucking, this is what I want. And yeah, but I, again, it's like, it's not, it's not like a passionate dislike for it or anything. I, I, I like it. I'll probably see it again before it's out of the cinema. I think it's just, it seems to be when, 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 People ask you what you thought of it and stuff. That's like, I don't know. I almost feel like people are going to come at me Aye. because I have problems with it. And the problems aren't like because I'm some fucking fanboy who hates Star Wars or something. The problems are just that like it's because I like movies with good structures and 
good characters and interesting developments and maybe I'm just basic as fuck because I like The Force Awakens so goddamn much Force maybe I am maybe I'm just basic maybe I do just like things you that are the J- same J. J. and I just pretend that I don't like I am yeah I think I think J.J. Abrams would be cool to, uh, for him to cap off the trilogy if he pays off all this because I will say that is exciting it's exciting that we don't really know where it's going yeah although they'll probably shoot each other but <laughs> like they'll probably or stab be, each other or stab each other it's what I am interested in is that uh, none of the main char- like none of the old characters are around anymore yeah I think that's exciting that is exciting because I remember when Force Awakens fin- when Force Awakens finished and I was like I cannot wait for the next movie but I don't give a fuck about Luke or Han or Leia I want to see these new characters and that's my other big complaint is that the, the three main characters in Last Jedi like Han uh, sorry uh, Poe Rey and Finn almost never interact together well, that is, I've never really thought about it that way. Never interact together. And those were the best parts of Force Awakens. I'm because the characters also... were so fascinating. And, like, the fact that you, like, I was like, oh, I'm so excited when The Force Awakens ended. I was mm. like, I don't care about Han and stuff. I want to see what Finn and Rey and Poe are up to. And so I think that is exciting about the next movie and that Han is dead, Luke is dead, and Leia, by default, will be removed from the film. Aye. So you're kind of stuck with the new cast. And I'm into that. I'm into that a lot. I like the Oscar Isaac got more time in this film. Mm-hmm. I'm I think he's kind of a fan dick, of... isn't he? <laughs> he is it's a like, bit of a dick. Shut up. Just shut up. But then, like, you got he... so many people killed. <laughs> ah, he's a hothead. But then sometimes he's okay to be a hothead. And like that, obviously, yeah, that scene yeah, where he's yeah. like, uh, she's having a go at him for just getting in a plane and blowing things up. And then something happens and he's like, can I get a plane and blow things up? And she's like, yeah, yeah, you can. Obviously. Yeah. So like, it's he's a hothead, but he's not always right or wrong. I did like his arc, actually. Yeah. Even if he's a dick sometimes. Um, uh, yeah, I liked it. I found myself defending The Last Jedi a bit more this week because there's people that have, like... Because really you don't talk it. about people that, like, really, really loved it. I've met a lot I've, a lot of people that I've been talking to this week have really, really disliked it. Mm. And, like, I don't think The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars film. I liked it. I liked it uh, enough. And um, I did enjoy it. But like when people are like, oh, it was terrible this, I feel like I'm defending it. Like, oh, well, it's, I don't think it's that bad. I think yeah. people are exaggerating and stuff. But it's fascinating. I think people do just big it up because it's Star Wars. Yeah. And it's the most important films ever made. About wizards with swords. Space wizards. Space wizards with swords. I like the Porgs. I like the Porgs. I don't care. I unashamedly like the Porgs. <laughs> Who like people like it's just to make money, man? It's all to make money. It's all to make it's money. Yeah, <laughs> that's the reason money. this exists. Like, yeah. and the Porgs, I, I, I was thankful that the, they didn't do like Jar Jar Binks was always to make money, but the, the problem with Jar Jar Binks is he's an annoying character who's then forced into the whole plot. Mm. If you find the Porgs annoying, that doesn't derail the Last Jedi. The Last yeah. Jedi goes on without you, mm. and it doesn't it doesn't force the Porgs into everything. You're fine. Don't worry about it. I see that. Should we talk about the other big sci-fi film of this year, Blade Runner 2049. Blade Runner is great. Like it's Fuck just yeah. so good. It it's every other sequel reboot, whatever the fuck, needs to. Everyone else who goes to make one just needs to watch Blade Runner 2049 because they actually continue. They advance the 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 story. And the characters and the world building, without treading really treading over ground that's been tread on. They before. don't even advance the story or anything. They kind of go in their own direction. But what I mean is, like, well, that's kind of what I mean. Like the world story, like I the guess world, you mean, yeah, yeah, the whole world story of uh, 
what they uh, replicants and oh. things like that. Yeah, it's a progression onto that rather than just treading over old ground. Which you do you think does it better, uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine or Force Awakens? Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Because as much as I love Force Awakens, it's it's a new hope, which some people would say there's. I always really like movie movies with Mikey's. If no one's ever been on that YouTube channel, you should go on it. I always liked his take on it that you know the the Force Awakens was meant to be quote unquote a new hope because Aye. all we had was the prequels and the prequels were real bad. I guess so you emerge from this and there's like some symbolism in that. He's the first person I've ever heard call the Force Awakens a new hope unironically. Aye. Because um, um, I guess the just derailing just slightly to the backwards is that um, the Last Jedi breaks all these rules, but at least for this new tra- trailer um, trilogy, rather Force Awakens in re-represents those rules. Yeah. These are the rules of Star Wars. These are all the traditions of yeah. Star Wars, and now you get the Last Jedi, which is fuck the rules and yeah. tradition of Star Wars, which I guess means in, as a trilogy, it makes sense. Uh, really... <laughs> they're gonna have, in the Last Jedi. They're gonna have to break all the rules. <laughs> Your methods are highly unorthodox. <laughs> get the results, goddammit. Is this our dramatization of the making of the Last Jedi? <laughs> yeah. Who are we in the Last Jedi? Who are we in the making of the Last Jedi? Isn't it crazy as well how we're back to fucking stars? <laughs> Isn't it crazy? How, like, Hopefully, like um. You know, you watch all the behind-the-scenes stuff for, uh, like, A New Hope. It looks like it was a fucking nightmare to make. Like, an absolute nightmare. And now, whenever Disney puts out one of these behind-the-scenes videos for, like, uh, The Force Awakens or something, it's just everybody that was involved just fucking wanking one another off. She's been like, oh, how much fun was it to work on Star Wars? How great a time we had. Oh, man, JJ's the best. Ryan's the best. You can't see his wank-off motions. I'm doing, like, a... W- <laughs> I'm pretending like, to wank off numerous like people Scott's around Like, Scott's arms, me. his long arms are really working around the room. <laughs> working around the room. Off. But, yeah, it's like... it's all. It all just seems very showy. Mm. Um, also... Captain Phasma's fucking useless, isn't she? <laughs> anyway, Blade sure. Runner, Blade Runner, Blade Runner. <laughs> Talk about Blade Runner. I really liked it. I really like Ryan Gosling in it. I really, um, I really like the story. I really like going back to the world. You go back to the world and it feels new and updated and sparkly for the the new special effects, but it still feels like Blade Runner, yeah. which I really, really liked. That's uh, it. They capture that feel perfectly. Hmm. Um, they get that 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 sweet sweet tone hmm. just right. Oh, then get give that a good. That good compliments to the chef. <laughs> I was super worried about Blade. Well, not worried about Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It's a movie, whatever. But like, as I spent my entire fourth year of uni writing ten thousand words about why I thought uh, Denis Villeneuve was like the best director working right now, and I was like, so help me God, if you come out with this and it's garbage, it's gonna be hell to pay. He's one of the best directors out there. Actually, he pretty much is. Yeah, yeah. His films are like on point. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do? You, would you see another film? Would you have Blade Runner? Yeah, but I think I'd want to. I think I want to wait. Yeah, I kind of want this to be like a sprawling story, like where we have to wait scale. like twenty years for the next one. Yeah, I'd be satisfied. It won't. But then at the same time, this one made no money. So yeah, <laughs> um, but maybe maybe twenty years is how long it would take for them to be brave enough to go for another Blade yeah. Runner film. Here's a question about right. Blade Runner two o four nine. Right. Um, do you think it would have been better if we hadn't known Harrison Ford was in it? Yes. Because that scene where Ryan Gosling goes to the hotel takes so fucking long. And you're sitting there in the cinema and I'm like, we know who's here. It's Harrison Ford. Just 
get on with it. And like Ryan goes walking around like, what are all these bees doing here? And what's this thing? And what's that? And I'm like, we know what it is. It's Harrison Ford. Just get to it. Can I just say your Ryan Gosling impression's on point? Ryan goes, what are all these bees? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I like it. That I would say was the biggest annoyance was like, if they, if we had not known Harrison Ford was in it, I think it would have been like... Because I like that minutes. idea that you were watching that scene you are like, is this, a, is this, like Harry, mm. is this where... Uh, uh, what, was, what was his name? Decker. Deckard, is, yeah. is this Deckard? Is this where Deckard is? Is this? Oh my god! Oh my god! It's Deckard. Yeah. That would have been amazing. But obviously they have to sell. They have it, to like, show. Uh, yeah, they have to sell the movie. That's I how they it. sell it. I um, get it. But even just yeah, even just things like, I heard some people complain that they thought the final fight was kind of lackluster and stuff, and I'm like, you kidding me? That's all you need. That's all you fucking need. Uh, you just need like some like there's there's no there's nothing else around them. It's it's like the anti Last Jedi. Uh, like there's nothing else going on around them. All your focus is on these three characters having a confrontation and that's great that's also why star wars why i like the end of the force awakens more than the last jedi because force awakens we can all relate to the cold woods so having a fight there makes a lot of sense most having of us a fight on days in the cold weird <laughs> most of every day i live there <laughs> this is all just a front <laughs> um yeah i think just something like that it just it's just it's just clearly it's a film that's been fucking crafted by somebody aye and not just built by committee I love that whole lot about it right I just love Blade Runner 49 so much it's a great film did you did, what did you think of the other here's a joke <laughs> okay <laughs> what did you think of the other 2047 movies about Blade Runner did you enjoy those ones well sorry well <laughs> cause this is Blade Runner 2049 right and there was already Blade Runner. Yeah. So what happened to the other 2047? Oh, they were all direct to DVD. <laughs> you can pick up a box set if you like. It's actually not that much. I'd like to pick up that joke from the ground. <laughs> Where it just fell. Um, so, Scott Morrison, here's uh, my next question Danny for Jones, you. Please ask me a question. What was your favourite CGI ape film of this year? Was it Kong Skull Island? <laughs> Or was it War of the Planet of the Apes? Uh, Kong Skull Island. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Do you agree? I agree. I thought we'd maybe have a little bit of a head-to-head there. No, I thought Scott, Kong Skull Island was really, really fun. Um, and I was super excited for it, especially when they put the trailer out and they were announcing it. I really didn't think that that would be a good idea, Skull, like doing a Kong prequel. Yeah. But when they were releasing all this stuff that they got a trailer, it was like, yeah, that looks, yeah. looks all right. Um, I like that they just made a, like, just a big budget monster mash madness crazy like i just thought it was great fun like i don't think it's necessarily a good movie because the characters in it are super weak and you don't really care if any of them live or die or (laughs) and some of the structure is a bit odd but like i just i just love the feel of it so much Hmm. and i just love the the all the creature design in it and again it feels like like it's odd how similar it feels to... Is it Jordan... Jordan Roberts? Jordan Voigt Roberts or something? Oh, the director. The director, oh, yeah. I can't remember. Um, his first, it's amazing how similar in tone it kind of feels to, like, King of Kings Summer. Of, yeah, King even, of Summer. Though, yeah even, even though this is a, that's a movie about some kids who go hang out in the treehouse, and this is a movie about, you know, a, an island inhabited by monsters and apes. And, yeah, it's got that same... It's got, like, the similar colour palette to it. It's really bright and... 
Lo- the, the final fight happens in the middle of the day, which is something I feel is very rare. <laughs> I I love that. The best part of Pacific Rim and the best parts of Godzilla, the uh, recent one, is when they put the monster during the day. I don't know why they they're so reluctant. Yeah, to do it that looks because they always look so fucking vivid during the day, and it's a giant monster over these buildings. And I feel like it suddenly becomes also much more relatable when you watch them go through a daylight city. And you're yeah. like, it's so fucking cool to see these. Um, and I was super excited. I like monster films, and I, I was absolutely loved Kong's Go Island. Yeah. So much fun. Um, like I said, I think the characters are really weak in it. I feel like except they, for maybe uh, what's they his face, get Jake, away with John weak, C. Riley's character. They do like the Independence Day thing, where like they get away with weak characters by filling it up with fun actors. Yeah, like. Samuel Jackson's character is weak, but you're watching Samuel Jackson get angrier and ape, and I think that's entertaining. Yeah, it's itself. that exactly. It's entertaining. It's and I think that's what you should madness. be doing for all these monster films. Just filling up with actors we like. Mm-hmm. Then you don't have to get bored as fuck like you did halfway through Godzilla. Yeah. Um, watching what was his name? Oh, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor it's Johnson. It's funny. My my flatmate messaged me. That soldier. My flatmate messaged me in the response to our Krampus episode and said Aaron Taylor Johnson is good in nocturnal animals. And I messaged back and I was like, look inside yourself. Look deep, deep <laughs> inside yourself and ask a question. Ask yourself a question. Was he though? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, he was okay in that movie. Uh, what about War of the Planet of the Apes? War of the Planet of the Apes, I just don't think it's anywhere near as good as the last one. And I think we're, we're, we're set up to expect a war Aye. and we don't get that we get instead we get instead we get the great escape hmm. and i think it goes a bit too on the nose with the apocalypse now vibes even so much as to have you know the words ape apocalypse now spray painting on a wall i'm like come on guys it's a bit much i love the o- i love the opening when he is staring down woody harrelson yeah and that drum beat is like and i was like oh like this is so good and then after that it just it's just kind of a steady decline in terms of like and again i don't want to too much of like this isn't it's you know it's it's what isn't in the film that is annoying but like i just think it goes too deep into the kind of prisoner internment camp thing and just really turned into a film we'd seen a bunch of times before i like dawn of the planet of the apes i think it's the best one out of the yeah, trilogy because like it's balanced. You like you have a very big sense. It's not like the humans are bad to the apes, and that's why the apes are the good guys. You feel both sides of it. Mm. Both sides have rogue elements, and like it's one of these uh, like two faction films that you get so many of them. Like Avatar, for example, there's two factions of ever, and usually you have to, you the film directs you to one side. But in this one, you can feel the unbalance of it. Like I felt at the beginning of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes when they're setting out the world, you can tell this has they're gonna start fighting at some point. Mm. There's people trying to keep peace. Mm. And they're trying desperately, but there's too much happening. There's too many moving parts, and these factions are going to end up falling out. And I love the balance of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes for that reason. Uh, and I love Rise of the Planet of the Apes. It's just a really solid film. Mm. Um, and I, War of the Planet of the Apes is a good film. It's bizarre. It is. Yeah, that's that's my... Th- I feel yeah. like the problem is, is the first two are so fucking good. Yeah. And this one's like, ah, hey, it's good. And this one has a character... Like, the villain is building a wall, and you're like... A bit on the nose. Come on, guys. Probably wasn't on the nose. <laughs> we get it. Donald Trump's bird. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. So, in terms of the less good sci-fi films, okay. Right. Which one? Where was the two this year of Alien Covenant and The Dark Tower rank for you? We won't to watch uh, talk too much about The Dark Tower. We did a podcast on it, but 
Which one did you prefer? You can go back and listen to all my thoughts. I'll say this. Dark Tower is number two on my list of worst movies of this year. <laughs> it's um, my number one most disappointing film. And I feel like when I say worst films, I always feel I mean disappointing. Because um, yeah. there's, like Dark Tower is a it's a film. It's edited together. Like, it coherently makes sense. Mm. It's not like a student did or anything. You feel like it's uh, people who made films know technically what a film is. But, like, the people who wrote it and adapted it, just miserable adaption mm-hmm. of what it was a such a great epic. But what about Alien Covenant? Is that on your list? No. I, I mean, we, I don't like it. I remember we came out of it and we were actually... I think we were a bit relieved it wasn't as bad as we thought it'd be. I think... I don't mind Prometheus. I think people give Prometheus a real hard time. Because it is a bit dumb. And Rafe Spall puts his hand in the mouth of a worm monster... <laughs> A vagina worm Which doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? And there's that guy who loves rocks. And he's starting to think, he's starting to think you people don't give a shit about rocks. Which is my favourite line from any movie ever. <laughs> but, um, oh god, I remember in uni, like, me and William used to just quote that William all the, the time. William friend of the podcast. William has been in the podcast. We just used to quote that, like, all the time. I, listen, I like rocks. I love rocks <laughs> and i'm starting to think you people don't give a shit about rocks so you're like what are we watching <laughs> but i think prometheus asks some interesting questions about like where we're from and what whatever the buddy means and so i kind of like the first half of alien covenant because it follows on from that a little bit okay but then we get to the we get to the planet and all that goes away. <laughs> and instead, we've got this weird, nothing wrong with homosexual undertones, but some pretty weird fucking shit going on between uh, what's David the robot and the other Michael Fassbender robot, where they're blowing on flutes together and he's saying, you know, I'll do the fingering. And I'm like, they're both looking deep into each other's eyes and I'm trying to think, what is happening here? And then after that, we just get Oh, it's Alien now. Hmm. It's just a remake of Alien, but done in sort of 40 minutes instead of two and a half hours. Uh, and I really kind of hated that. But what about you? I I feel like I was really expecting Alien Covenant to be not good. And then when I came out of it, and maybe my expectations good. were low, so it cleared them. And I was like, this film wasn't painful to watch, which shouldn't be the standard yeah. I'm looking for. Uh, I just... We did an Alien episode this year on Alien 3. Yeah. And we were just like... We, we talked about so many different potential ways you could go with the Alien. And like, they just keep going the same and way. And they keep yeah. going the same way. And it's really disappointed. And it's a franchise that doesn't need to be sitting on, what, its seventh movie or something uh, like that? If you count, you know, if, and, Prometheus and they're and still like in that. spaceships and abandoned yeah. planets. Yeah. Also, why is Ridley finding it so hard to write intelligent characters? <laughs> like, these people who are meant to be scientists and pioneers of their field and things like that, they're idiots. Like, they're on this planet, they're on this abandoned planet they don't know anything about. And one guy's like, I'm just going to go over here for a cigarette by myself. And it's like, first of all, why are you wandering off by yourself? Second of all, why do you have to go somewhere by yourself to smoke a cigarette? You're you're just outside. Like, you don't need to go away from people. It doesn't make sense. Like, and they, you know, things like the same, pro- where they all go, oh, the, the, the air, you know, the air's not showing any signs of toxins. So they just take all their helmets off. Don't fucking take your helmets off, you idiots. Test. Do loads of tests. You're scientists. It's, yeah, it's just really irrational... The way that they they work is just just makes no sense in terms of who they are supposed mm. to be, 
Uh, the twist at the end is kind of cool, I guess, where even though you see it coming from a mile off. I feel but... like the best thing about the twist at the end, spoilers for Alien, by the yeah, way. Yeah, spoilers. Um, Fuck it. Uh, I'll the, put time codes. The um, the big, I feel like the best bit about the twist is when he reveals it. When, because um, it's the girl who's about to go into hypersleep. She's like, well, you helped me build this cabin. And the the Michael Fassbender robot uh, doesn't, he's the bad yeah, he's one. he's got no idea what's And he's happening. no idea what the cabin is. And then she suddenly realized he's the bad one. Yeah. And it's just as she goes into hypersleep. That's a horrifying yeah. moment because you're like, she's fucked. Yeah. And now she's about to go into hypersleep and she now knows she's fucked. Yeah. I was like, that's that's actually a really cool, terrifying. Even if you see the twist coming, because obviously it's, it's the twist. You see it from the moment, uh, like, because you sort of see them having a fight and then one of them emerges. Yeah. I was like, it's clearly David. There's no way it's not going to be David. Aye. Um, but then, was it? They, they Then he fucking again with the on the nose writing he's like play play the creator walks into heaven and then this music starts and you're like ah. and then he walks into the room with all the dna and then the movie ended and i was like good <laughs> i want to go home is there any other sci-fi films that you like this year uh... any of the big ones not high on the list no Cool. Uh, or is there? Let's have a look. Uh, oh, I watched Valerian. Did you see oh, Valerian of course. City of a Thousand Planets. I've heard the first five minutes of that is brilliant. It's absolute madness. What movie is just madness. But I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. In like a way that it's not a good movie. Okay. And there is no. I what I thought it was going to be was these two kind of renegade, like explorers, just off getting in all kinds of shenanigans on different planets and it's not really that it kind of is but it kind of isn't they're clearly like the rogue members of this unit that they're supposed to be a part of and um that's kind of cool but the issue with the film is that no one really says anything that isn't expositional there isn't really any character building at all in this two and a half hour long movie there's nothing except for the two characters want to get kind of want to get married that's that's like it that's all you get everything else is just exposition exposition but i don't know i think maybe i was just in a good mood when i watched it and it was super colorful and there was a lot happening and i was kind of getting into it and it's fun so you enjoyed it i guess i enjoyed it wow i don't know (laughs) i think i did uh somebody a friend of ours said that it's the best uh, video game movie he's ever seen (laughs) which i was like well scott pilgrim exists but i could you know uh but it is it's 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 madness. It's creative. That's cool. It's very creative. I'll give it that. Um, how's my How's my boy Dane DeHaan? He's just weird, isn't he? He's a weird looking guy. <laughs> his head's the weirdest. What's his name? Dane? Is it, I think it's Dane DeHaan, isn't Dane it? Dane DeHaan, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. Would Okja, would that count? Or will we come back to that? We're coming back to that. Okay, we'll come back to Okja. Um, right. Well, the big action films of the year. Right. One of the... my. F- I'm looking through this. My favorite action film of the year, just one of my favorite films of the year. I know what's going to be. Baby Driver. Oh. Did you think it was? Gonna I be also. The other one? I thought it was going to be the other one. I thought it was going to be John Wickless. Yes. Don't John Wick so, Two. And don't the... be so ridiculous. <laughs> we don't like singing in the rain. <laughs> which, which one did you prefer then? I Peter, guess like uh, for action, John Wick Two is just better. But like for as a film as a whole, I just prefer. Baby, I just loved Baby Driver. They're both in my top ten. Baby Driver is higher. I they're both the in my top ten, although I can't remember in what order. 
Yeah. I think baby. Um, no, baby driver's higher. The, the driver. Baby driver is has probably I would say the most attention to detail in any movie from this year. Well, like every Edgar Wright film is yeah. the best at most. It really to bums me out how much people have just kind of taken the film at face value at like surface level hmm. and it's kind of a bit disappointing because i'm like i don't know i feel like there's so so much just if you just yeah all you have to do is just pay attention and you can see the amount of craftsmanship in the movie and i think that alone needs to be celebrated have you heard the fact about watching the movie with headphones yes fascinating you told me that one for people who are listening if you watch the film with headphones whenever <clears throat> when if there's music playing if the character removes one of his headphones, the music will stop in that headphone that you are listening to. Who would ever care about that? No one, but Edgar Wright cares. Yeah. That's what's important. Um, yeah, I just think the, the attention detail is phenomenal. I definitely don't think it's quite what I thought it was going to be. When they start up, and like for the first 50 minutes, everything is really in sync to the film. Hmm. That does go away a little bit, and it does just kind of become a film and especially things like they build up one thing I think is kind of disappointing is that they build up the song the Queen song as like his favourite song that's his driving song which is the, which the Brighton Rock oh okay he says that's his song and then at the so you kind of are like okay well when John Hamm turns up at the end and he's playing that song you think it's going to be this crazy all edited to, to Queen Rock but it's just playing in the background of this action sequence things like that are disappointing I just think it's like so it's such a well made action film like you take a fucking you're taking what is effectively like a romance from like a movie from the 40s or 50s like a James Dean one you're taking <clears throat> like the action of a 70s or 80s car chase movie and then you're putting it into a contemporary setting like what's what's more fun than that it's great I love it and I love all the all the characters in it I think are really well written <clears throat> and the song choice is great. Um, song choice is on point. I liked um, what's his? How do you pronounce his name? Ansel Elgort. Uh, can never pronounce. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I that's how you say it. Wasn't like I thought in the stars who thought he would like would head like a film like this. Yeah, but he was so charismatic in it. He's charismatic and then he's like not charismatic at the same time because he is quite stone faced throughout. <laughs> he's most of the he's movie, kind but... of like he's got to be a distant person who's also degor- very invested in Aye. the the people in his life that matter. Like the places where he's cold are when he's involved with the robbers. Hmm. Um, that's and really he's, great. And he's he's young. He's obviously supposed to be young because his name's Baby and stuff, and that's kind of half the point of the film. But he like. He's obviously a talented car driver, but he's also stupid, which I really like in that sort of juvenile way. Like, he records all these conversations and yeah. just gets caught, like, um, with all the recordings. Yeah. So he's kind of stupid, but, like, he's young. He's maybe arrogant more than sh- stupid, actually, probably. not. Yeah. Like, he's more arrogant. I thought it was really fascinating as well. Mm. I really love... I just love everything about Baby Driver. I just think in the classic Edgar Wright style, it's a film that just... It's an action film that goes way above and beyond what it had like what it needs to be hmm. uh even things like uh the, the uh, what's the what's the name of the actor uh john Berth- bernthal's character who is only in the opening scene of the movie and the last thing he says is if you don't hear from me that means i'm dead and then later on in the film kevin spacey's character gets baby driver to dispose of a body you don't know who it is but john bernthal's character never turns up again so presumably it's him like 
genius. That is that is a little story that plays out in the background and is never addressed. Yeah, it's never addressed up front. But again, it's something that Edgar Wright cared about and put in because he wants his film films to be taken at more than surface value. And I just really wish the people who don't like it rewatch just it. give it more of a chance. All of Edgar Wright films are just rewatchable. You oh, hell rewatch yeah. it, you rewatch it. I love Hot Fuzz. But every time I watch it, I notice something. There's more stuff, yeah. I notice something, even small. Yeah. Like, I've no, like that caught me way off guard. It's a mental how much detail he puts into his films. Mm. Uh, and Scott Pilgrim is my favourite movie ever made ever. So good choice. It's a good choice. There's that. Uh, what about John Wick 2, though? John Wick 2. John Wick 2 is fucking amazing. God. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> Who would even thought that? John Wick, I think, I feel like we saw John Wick kind of thinking, ah, just a, just an action film. I don't think, Reeves. yeah, I don't think I really I think... came around to John Wick until, like, way late in the game i felt like it just didn't even just before you went into the film you weren't we we weren't really expecting yeah we were also late remember do you remember that we walked in that movie like five minutes late did we yeah we we missed all the stuff with his wife dying like i'm pretty sure if i remember rightly, we walked in when he's getting the dog okay and that was kind of like i feel like we missed a lot yeah i can't remember why but i think i feel like we missed a lot of the the emotional heft Hmm. that carries the rest of the film because we missed that and so i think when i saw it the second time i was like oh shit this is like way better than i remember it being this is incredible hmm. um the first movie they kill his fucking dog this movie they just take literally everything else away from him like in the first few minutes they destroy his car they then then later on they blow up his house which and he loses all his money and things like that and yeah it's like way to fucking kick a dude while he's down I love the mythology of these films. Yeah. Who would have thought that you could have given such a detailed mythology for just hitmen? And it comes to the point where the the game changer in the third act, when there's... Because in the part of the mythology, there's all these places where you're not allowed to kill each other. Mm-hmm. These are neutral places. Nothing, no action can happen. And you build up and you really start to get invested in the world to the point where John Wick walks into a neutral zone kill's the fucker yeah. that's annoying him in, and you're just like oh, he it's can't do that biggest thing, you're like, yeah. he can't do that and you're like well, no he can it's an action film in any other action film that would not be a big deal but yeah. you know you're invested yeah. in this world and you're like I, uh, I know this world so much over these two films that I know he can't yeah. do that and he's fucked himself by doing that and it's yeah. fascinating you get that invested in. it's great world. that they just present the world without really that much exposition or anything you just accept that he has to go to Rome and buy guns <laughs> from Peter Serafonowicz, who treats it like he's in a bar. You yeah. know what I mean? Or, you know, the same way with the with with getting his suit made effectively into uh, a, a suit of armor. You just kind of accept these things, and you just put they, it all together that this is how this world works. All that this the hitman have their own money. Remember, yeah. they have their yeah, own yeah, yeah, they have their own money. Yes. Yeah. Which is so bizarre, but uh-huh. you're solely invested in it. And they have all these rules and blood oaths, and they can't break these rules. And um, it's it's so. It's for just a hitman movie. It's so well in, like integrated. The world is so mm-hmm. so vivid. I I kind of I feel like the, there is a message. The message of the movie is like, when the system tries to fuck you, just tear down the system, because that's effectively what happens. Someone comes to him within the rules of this world. He plays by the rules. That guy screws him over. So John Wick just tears the whole, tries to tear the whole thing down to the point where when he kills that guy on what they call sacred ground, it's, like you said, it's a, it's the biggest thing. It feels like it's got serious weight to it Aye. because they do such a good job crafting that world and the rules within it. 
Yeah. How great and is that last scene? God damn the fucking choreography of the fight scenes in this oh. movie. They take it to a whole other level compared to the first one. And the first uh, one's good. <laughs> a fight in a hall of mirrors, which is oh, yeah. just great. Um, car chase at the beginning, stunning. Just everything, everything's I love. I love the last scene where he meets up with the guy for the last time, and then they put out the mass contract, yeah. and then everybody looks around at him. Yeah. Which I guess apparently everyone in the world is involved in this hitman organization, which is a bit weird. But I just, just I kind of feel a bit left out if I'm honest. If something like that's going on in the world, uh, are, are you not part of it? Oh, don't rub it in. Wait, I haven't done the. I can in, get you in. I haven't done the initiation yet. I can get you in. Other <laughs> um, yeah, action films. Um, another big one, a stylistic action film, maybe even in the same vein as John Wick, is uh, in style wise, is Atomic Blonde. Did I you actually, like Atomic Blonde? I really liked Atomic Blonde, yeah. I really liked it as well. Like, I don't think it's anywhere near as good as... Uh, no, especially in action Atomic. sense, but like in that sort of stylistic yeah. um, uh, nature. Atomic mm. Blonde, uh, the like Cold War Soviet spy film. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, the story, the performances... James McAvoy's great. James McAvoy's Like, he's batshit crazy, but he's great. <laughs> um... Like yeah, what I mean is like his performance is really kind of silly, but I, I like. I, I have a well. weird as my friend that um, came around Europe with me will confirm. Uh, I really love communism, <laughs> like I in terms of that period of history. Yeah, I find it really interesting. Like Cold War. Yeah, yeah, I find it really, really. So interesting. you must have liked. Those... So the fact that it's set around the few days like where the Berlin Wall is tore down, already I was. Hook, line, and sinker. They had me. <laughs> I like uh, about... T- towards the climax of the film, and there's this great... S- where you realise the full... like Because she's got this mission. She's got to try and get this guy over the wall without him getting killed. And um, she's starting to lose control, but she keeps her cool. She keeps her cool. And then there's the moment where they try and get him over the wall and everything goes yeah. fucked. James McAvoy comes, uh, starts to try and kill the guy. Um, there's Soviets all over the place. She's fighting. She's barely surviving. And I feel like the, the bit that sums it up the most is that, like she starts speaking German and the guy that she's trying to save turns around and says, you need to work on your German. Your German's not very good. And you feel in that, I felt in that moment, everything that was going wrong for her. The fact that she's stuck in the middle of Berlin yeah. and she can barely speak German and that like uh, all of this, uh, her, the person that she was trusting, they f- uh, she fucked her over, and she's fucked. It was just, um, I really like the way it just went out of control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that whole fight sequence going down the stairs that Brilliant. is all made to look like they look genuinely exhausted at the end of that fight scene, which is great. Something that a lot of films don't really bother with when it comes to fight scenes. But they, they're like struggling to get up. There's like long segments of that fight where they're both just kind of lying on the ground, like trying hard to be the first person to pull themselves up so they can like land the killing blow. You feel the impact on yeah. this like a lot. She gets the shit kicked out. Yeah. I would so happily watch an Atomic Blonde franchise. Would definitely. Like, 100%. I feel my favourite bit of the film is when, because there's a, a lesbian relationship in it, and then it goes into a le- lesbian sex scene, and then like you got this all building up of this, oh well, this sexualization, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to a scene with Toby Jones and John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to get blue balled! Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, 
won't talk about the Great Wall too much because we talked yeah, about an episode. episode that, There's um, um, the Fate of the Furious that came out this year. That's a big action film. Did it? I don't yep. think that was this year. Now you think it was this year? I don't think so. I think so. you'll find. It. Google it. Okay. Google it live on the podcast. Are well, we I'll, I'll do a review live of it right now. Um, I don't think it was Daniel Daniel Jones. I was surprised by it as well, but it's definitely this year. Fate of the Furious. Are you positive? 2017? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 12th of... 12th it of does... I, I had the exact well, same reaction. I could have swore it was way older. I, I had the exact same reaction. Maybe maybe it's something about the passivity of it all, because obviously we love the Fast and Furious franchise. We've seen the last few together. Yeah. But, like, they are like just kind of passive films. And, um, it is maybe weird that's... that we, would, we do not seem like the two guys... <laughs> That would be like super into this franchise, but we get buzzed every time there's another one coming out. Uh, like I remember when we found out there was going to be a live version in Glasgow. I was like, Danny, <laughs> why the fuck have we not got tickets to this? <laughs> I was like, I love Fast and Furious, but I don't think I'm ready to go see a car demolition yeah, show. I don't think we'd fit in with everyone else. <laughs> um, I think then somebody would look at like see a big photo and be like, like who photoshopped you and Scott into the like, <laughs> in the crowd of the Fast and Furious? It's funny, it looks like you're there. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, be a bit weird. I really enjoyed the Fast and Furious, the Fate of the Furious, because uh, we I'll, just love how nonsensical uh, it is. Yeah, Vin Diesel was evil this time, which we were both excited for. Yeah. Um, Charlize Theron's in this one, of course. Yeah, of course yeah. she is. Yeah, she's the bad guy. I forgot about that. They um, just accept that Jason, even though Jason Statham killed their friend, yes, they're just like, cool, oh, you're our friend. Gets me. <laughs> he killed their friend, the one from Tokyo Drift. Um, he killed them, and yet he's now best friends. For anymore. them be it, for them having such, sort of, being putting Loyal. so much weight into family and loyalty. Family. They really accept people into their family pretty easily, <laughs> don't they? Um, <coughs> Jason Statham's amazing in this. I love his um, and don't plane doesn't sequence. he name the baby after Paul Walker's character, even though Paul Walker's character in the <laughs> canon is not dead yet. Maybe it's I feel weird. like he does. Yeah. Did you think they were gonna have a CGI Paul Walker show up at the end? No, I feel like I. It's the kind of franchise. What? Oh, what? He's not just because he doesn't want to take part in crazy missions anymore. Paul Walker's character is not allowed to fucking come hang out it at is, the barbecue anymore. It is weird with a barbecue celebrating. <laughs> but Jason Statham's all right. Uh, a barbecue celebrating. Also, how do they kid. explain to Paul Walker's character the fact that Jason Statham's in their gang now? It's just over. It's just an awkward phone call. I look. I know this sounds weird. He did save my baby on a plane. <laughs> baby just, on a plane is my favorite movie from the 80s with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> amazing that's that's one of my favorite sequences Jason Statham is an extremely funny guy if you give him the opportunity yeah that sequence where he's on the plane defend like defeating everyone on it while protecting the young baby is just a brilliantly funny scene yeah. and Dwayne the Rock I I'm so looking forward to them having a spin-off film the Rock and Jason Statham because their chemistry and this this weird bromance they can end up having in this film yeah so much fun yeah um hmm. i don't know where this could fit in but i guess i guess it's an action movie um did you see the mummy i didn't see the mummy (sighs) the film that single-handedly killed the dark universe before it's even began (laughs) i thought dracula untold killed the dark universe before it began (laughs) well dracula untold apparently was not canon it was canon at the time oh it was canon it was canon at the time, but then no, when they released Evans was gonna come fight the mummy. <laughs> when they released the mummy, they decided, well, Dracula Untold didn't do too well, yeah. so we'll say the mummy's the first one. Uh-huh. And when they released the next one, they'll say, well, this is actually the first one, guys. The mummy and the Dracula Untold are not in canon. Yeah, 
Uh, look, there's not much to say about it. It's quite embarrassing to watch. Uh, it never when, good, though. Especially when uh, Russell Crowe starts doing his Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Oh, boy, it's bad. Is it uh, not as good as the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Look, we're going to come back to it, all right? <laughs> we're going to come back to it. Because you're a fan of the League of Don't Extraordinary fucking Gentlemen. judge me, all right? I'm not a fan! <laughs> I think it's got some good elements to it, all right? Are you a fan of Pouch of the Caribbean 5? Didn't see it. Did you not see it? No. You missed that Didn't one. Didn't care. Oh. Did not care in is the that, slightest. Is that got it? Because like, I feel like that's like the Transformers for me. Like, I don't even... Yeah, like, I didn't one, see, didn't see one came out this year. Either. Don't give a fuck. Don't even remotely give a fuck. I'm so past. I can't be bothered. I'm not even angry that it came out. I'm just like, whatever. Pirates of, is that what Pirates of the Cavern is to you now? Where it just comes out and you're not well, even... Well, yeah. I was, like, I was like, why would I Why would I care? Why do they think anyone cares about this <laughs> franchise? It's been fucking dead for years. Like, I just saw it. leave it. Nobody it, likes Johnny Depp anymore. Yeah, the, my favorite part of Murder on the Orient Express is that he's the one that gets murdered. <laughs> um, yeah, I just had no, absolutely no interest in it. I saw that. I saw the. I kept seeing the clip. They kept running a clip before movies of the go of the zombie sharks attack. Yeah, and I was like, how are they making this? Fuck, I so boring. It's it like was like two minutes long, and I was like, I want to kill myself just to escape how boring this is. I saw it. It's not the worst Pirates of the Caribbean film. It's by far still not a good film. Yeah. Um, not much more to say about it. Just wasn't a fan. That's fine. Uh, and then we saw Kingsman 2 this Which year. Which I hated. Yeah. Truly hated. More because of how good the first one is and the potential that's just kind of wait. Or not even potential. It's just, just tonally, it feels so different. Mm. And I always think that if. Uh, oh, what's. Matthew Vaughn. If Matthew Vaughn's involved it seems like he's got something that he wants to say. Mm. So when he said he was doing Kingsman 2, I was like, great. Like He must have a reason. He obviously has a reason for it, and he doesn't seem like he did at all, because this is hot garbage. Aye. Um, yeah, just, I mean, from the from minute one, the, the fight sequence in the uh, taxi, yeah. where it's blatantly, it looks worse than fucking Tobey Maguire fighting James Franco in Spider-Man 3. It's like <laughs> real bad CGI. And uh, just, yeah, gradually the movie went on and, you know, things that people have said before, like the fact that Colin Firth's character turns out to be alive. No reason for him to be alive. And then it kind of removes the stakes from the first movie or the franchise in general. It's one of those, it's one of those sequels that's so bad, it retroactively ruins the first one, which is like like a Highlander. It's always going to be in the back of my head. Like he does survive. He survives this though. Yeah. It's a shame. I guess you can remove context yeah i don't feel like i want to waste too much time talking no. about kingsman 2 because i just hate do you it. any other action films before i move on to <clears throat> american horror? assassins fucking atrocious uh yeah again not really much to say about it but it's, it's real bad it's uh i don't even remember why it was bad if i'm if i'm being totally honest uh that's a film where michael keaton's not good since we were talking about michael keaton earlier is he not good or no, is the film not no, good he's real bad isn't it? oh yeah. wow uh also i feel like maybe we should have brought this up in sci-fi but ghost in the shell oh i didn't see ghost in the shell <clears> i must admit also terrible yeah. <laughs> um yeah so i've heard the plot twist though i've heard the for ghost in the shell yeah yeah should we that one oh, what, the way that... they've tried to justify the fact that everyone yeah white. yeah because it turns out like obviously spoiler i know we've said time codes but just in case you really really would want to um want to caught yeah. off guard um turns out her character is japanese they took the mind and then put it in a white woman mm-hmm. which is quite bold yeah and it's it's pretty it's i haven't <laughs> seen it i've seen i in my head i can imagine a scenario where that worked if they wrote it in a certain way they'd be like if they were like 
self-aware mm-hmm. that that's what they were saying and maybe they could have a commentary or satire or anything but i've heard that that's not what they have that it's kind of off it's also just so bland and i feel like you're watching it and there's a lot of scenes where they've tried really hard to create the anime and i'm like well, why not just go watch the anime <laughs> Hey, Second Opinion listeners, um, this podcast ended up going a heck of a lot longer than we thought it would. Uh, so rather than release it as one big three hour long episode, we've decided to split it down the middle and turn it into two episodes because it's a bit easier to digest uh, and also much easier for me to edit. Um, so I just thought I would put this little bit in at the end so that the podcast didn't just suddenly stop and everyone was confused as to why we didn't say goodbye. Because, you know, we would say goodbye. We're nice people. We don't just blank you good people uh so anyway part two will be out very very soon just stay tuned and uh it's a it's a bloody laugh mate it's a blast thanks very much